We respectfully acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which we work and learn, and pay respect to the First Nations peoples and their elders past, present, and future. We're recording on Gadigal land. Always was, always will be Aboriginal land. Hi, welcome to The Green Room, a euphony podcast taking you up close and personal with musicians, actors and comedians from around the world. Powered by Yamaha headphones, it is your host Tiana Spita here with you once again today. It's bloody lovely to have you here for yet another fun-filled Green Room episode. Recapping for a moment on last week's episode, Hans Zimmer was his name and James Bond was the game, with the legendary Hollywood composer joining me to chat about how he approached scoring the 25th James Bond film, No Time to Die, which is also out in Aussie cinemas as of this week. Remember, going to movies? I don't really, but I should. But Hans Zimmer and I also chatted about what it was about Billie Eilish that caught his ears and ultimately led to her securing the envied Bond theme song. And we just genuinely got an amazing insight into Hans Zimmer's journey and his cinematic prowess. A truly talented individual, and my personal highlight was when he explained why he thinks he'd make a good James Bond villain. I would definitely pay to see that movie, but go give last week's episode a whirl if you haven't already had a listen. But before you do that, jumping into today's episode, I have to go back a few weeks to link this here, so bear with me. The week before I was joined by Hans Zimmer, one of my favourite people on the planet and my favourite actresses joined me on The Green Room with a sensational Emily Hampshire, actress extraordinaire, genuine sweetheart, a Schitt's Creek hero of mine. If you haven't seen it, please watch it. Emily and I were chatting all about making playlists for every character she plays, her journey from childhood to now as an entertainer, but ultimately we also chatted about her involvement with a brand new podcast called The Beautiful Liar. And my guest today is also directly involved with said podcast, as well as the album it stemmed from. Sam Nelson Harris is one part of the American pop rock band X Ambassadors and also a driving force with his brother Casey behind the idea and eventual development of the Beautiful Liar podcast. A scripted narrative podcast that follows a blind teenage protagonist who suddenly evolves with superpowers she never knew she had and an amazing imaginary slash secret friend called Shadow. The Beautiful Liar parallels both the recent X Ambassadors album of the same name, as well as Sam and Casey's experience growing up listening to supernatural radio dramas and books on tape, as Casey has been legally blind since birth. A deeply personal project and one laden with sparkling storytelling and knockout vocal performances, The Beautiful Liar is a celebration of inclusivity and ingenuity. And today, Sam Nelson Harris joins me on the green room to chat, embracing all aspects of his creativity, concept albums, and how this powerful new podcast sprang to life. And I am joined now by Sam Nelson Harris, aka the lead vocalist for X Ambassadors, and a man also behind an incredible new podcast out and about right now, too. But Sam, first things first, thank you so much for coming on the green room with me today. You are very, very welcome. It's good to be here. Yay. Well, I know you've had 
seemingly an extremely busy year, even though there has been a pandemic still going on. And I mean, so many people haven't been able to get on the road, but we're here in November 2021. Not only has X Ambassadors dropped a third studio album, The Beautiful Liar, earlier this year, you've been able to play some shows, which I will come back to shortly, I promise. But you have also just recently announced and unveiled an accompanying narrative audio drama podcast for The Beautiful Liar. And I was actually lucky to spend some time with Emily Hampshire to talk about it. Oh um, yeah, she's the best, so, isn't she? Uh, isn't it, she the best? I just yeah. like I can't love her enough, but it's so lovely to now have you here to kind of chat more about it because obviously the podcast stems from the album, a lot of your and Casey's personal experiences growing up and beyond. But podcast first, when was the moment you guys decided to transform this album or think about turning it into a podcast? It, it happened around the same time as the. Uh, inception of the of the actual album you know i i knew from the first couple songs that we had something that felt like there was a a narrative there and you know our our music has been used a lot in film and television and it kind of like lends itself very well to a narrative space and i i kind of was like what if we made our own story that that these songs accompanied and and at first we were going to make it a a musical and and then i i felt like no it's a little uh, i don't know i wanted to do something different i I wanted to i wanted to just tell a story that that incorporated the music in an interesting way but that wasn't like a full-blown musical and uh i had always been obsessed with the idea of making an album that had these uh interludes that sounded like a book on tape and so that was step one. It was like, how do we do that on the album? And maybe that'll help inform whatever we do there will help inform the podcast. And that's exactly what happened. You know, I came up with this, this story of a blind teenage girl whose shadow comes to life and starts speaking to her and guiding her through the world. And, and uh, maybe it doesn't have the best of, it has, it has good intentions, but maybe it doesn't lead her the right way all the time, you know? And, and, uh, um, and then I was lucky enough to meet up with the people at Q Code, and uh, and I I you know I sat down with David Henning, who is one of the uh, heads of the company, and I, and I played him the album, and I said, hey, do you think that there's like a story here, maybe? And he was and he was like, yeah, definitely, definitely there is. Um, and from there, you know, we started to put the team together and, and, uh, but yeah, from the very beginning, I knew that I wanted to tell a, a, a bigger story. I, I, I wanted to do something ambitious, but something unique to, to us. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's what it comes through so organically, like obviously an ex-ambassador's album is always going to be, you know, an adventure, but there's so much underpinning it that obviously stems from your, you know, ev- your entire lives basically. And yeah it's such a perfect accompaniment to have this podcast and to have like, have it told in such an amazing, you know, narrative setting, but it also has these amazing messages that I think we're lacking a lot in a lot of things like there's inclusivity, there's empowerment bubbling away. Like how important is it for you and obviously everyone involved in this, but yourself coming from such a personal place, like how, how important is it to be able to tell this story and link it so seamlessly to your art at the same time? I mean, very important because I struggle with those those same feelings of of uh, not feeling empowered, and 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 you know I've seen my brother struggle with it, and and uh, I 
and struggle with mental health. I, you know, all of these things that, that I, the affirmations that you hear, you know, in, in the, the, the podcast are ones that I try to tell myself every day too, you know? Um, so yeah, I, I think that, um, to me, it feels like a big part of it is this, you know, this girl, she's, she's struggling with her grief. And, uh, um, and I think she's also trying to, to embrace her power and, and not run from it. Um, and, uh, yeah, those are very, those are things that I connect with on a very deep level. And that I know my brother connects with and, and, uh, and the rest of the band and, and, um, yeah, it is yeah. important to me. And I think it's, you know, obviously everyone's experiences are so different, but there's so many universal meeting points with both the album and the podcast. And I guess on the topic of the album, like I've read it, obviously described by everyone, including the band, that it's a bit of a concept album. Obviously too, though, there's a bit of stylistic shift sonically for the band. And I think my favorite thing I read you say, it was like an acid trip through a Warner Brothers cartoon. Like, yeah, well, that's the best description I've heard, but going into the actual album process, like prior to the podcast stuff, was the plan always to branch out a bit further and be a bit more ambitious from previous releases? Like, did you always want this to be more ambitious and level everything up again? Yeah. I mean, I, I, every record I feel like is, is like that. I, 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 with this record, I wanted to try and do something that felt, um, like it was an accurate description of the way my brain was working at the time and works in general. I, I, I am a very, um, hard on my sleeve, uh, earnest person. Um, but I am also a psycho <laughs> and I love and, that. <laughs> uh, and I, and I, and I think that's hilarious too, you know, so I wanted a bit of dark comedy in there. I wanted, I wanted there to be moments where you're listening to this record and you're like, wow, this, this guy's like really losing its mind. <laughs> and, uh, and then also have moments of, of, of honesty and clarity, um, that come out of that, uh, that chaos. Um, that's what my life felt like at the time when I was writing it, you know, to some degree has always felt like that. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. I and know. I think it's that chaos that is really real though. Like for everyone to present it as anything else, I call them a big fat liar. Like anyone who says yeah. they've got their shit together and, you know, as nice as everyone is, we've all got a little bit of that, you know, just a little bit of weirdness, a little bit of offbeat stuff yeah. working away yeah. underneath. And it's so healthy to be able to, bring that to the forefront and be like, it's okay. Yeah. I mean, you, you actually, you said it right there. You know, I, I, the whole record for me, I have spent my whole life, uh, uh, being the one who has got it all together. And, and I have, I've got everything under control. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. And, uh, I, everything's not fine and I don't have it all together. And, and uh, this record for me was very cathartic in that way of, of, of realizing that being confronted with a couple of things in my own personal life, you know, that, that made me really realize that. And then, and then saying, you know what, uh, fuck it. I'm, I'm going to just let go and, uh, and see what happens. And, uh, and that, that, that was kind of, this is almost prior to, it, it was all, I was figuring all that out while, 
while making the record. So there's still like this, you can sense the spiral out. And towards the end, there's a bit of a release of like, you know, I feel, I feel now that I've gotten all this stuff out of my system and admitted, admitted my powerlessness, admitted my defeat, um, that I feel reborn, you know? Oh, I think that in itself is a victory in its own way. So I think that's really important. And I like how you did say earlier too, like there's a little bit of there's some comedic stuff in it. And that also extends into the podcast setting. Like yeah. a lot of the personal undertones, like I read, like there's a bit of Carl Jung going on, which inspired the creation of the character Shadow, obviously played by the amazing Emily. Yeah. Can oh, you tell she's me about so good. That? Oh, I just, I can't like, it's just, it's the most perfect casting. Like tell, can you tell me how you came to find her, get her on this? Like, how was that? Process? I mean, the minute, the minute, uh, the casting department mentioned her name and, and I heard her voice reading some of the lines. I just was, uh, there was no other option. There was no other option. I mean, she's, she just hits it so perfectly. You know, that's this voice in, in Clementine's head of, of shadow, you know, she's there she is all of her fear and all of her anxiety that is there to protect her. You know, like these, these, you you have to understand. And I, I've had to kind of come to terms with this, with my own, um, my own anxiety and my own fear and stress is that it's there because my brain and my body are like, let me protect you. I want to protect you. I want to help you. So it, it kind of comes from a place of love, even though it's very destructive and very like, and can be, totally you know uh uh, the opposite of what you need but you know she was able to capture that just in her voice and 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 her performance you know it it it, this this like she's very protective of clementine she's very protective of clementine and also you know she's you can sense a bit of that fear and a bit of that anger towards the rest of the world that's trying to hurt clementine you know um, it, it was really just, I mean, a fantastic performance and, and, uh, uh, I, we could not have been luckier to, to have her be a part of the project yeah. and also like, doesn't hurt that she's the sweetest human being on the, on the face oh. of the planet. I, I can't agree more. And I just feel like it's like that role and that character was made for her, but it just feels like this perfect amalgamation of like every moment that's kind of led to this. It's just brilliant. And we did, of course, get to see Shadow, you know, in action on the clip for My Own Monster, which we also got to see some of your amazing dance skills, Um, like kicking up the dance skills, like in terms of how much you've done, like you obviously have so much experience now. You've done, obviously been on stage, you write music, you've scored for films, you've like acted all of this now you're doing podcasting do you enjoy the entire gamut of the creative process regardless of setting or are you finding yourself drawn to anything in particular as you kind of tick off all these amazing projects I mean I I really do just love uh uh being creative in general and 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 trying to see where that takes me and I I am though recently I have recently been loving dancing again i you know i i i did so much theater in uh high school and college and even after college i i I was i was doing theater and and a lot of that movement stuff and a lot of the dance stuff that i learned came from from that world but i'd never really focused in on it um 
and, and taking the time. And so for this music video, uh, I, I trained with this incredible choreographer named Jenna Maroney. She's, uh, she's been working with me. She's my move as my movement coach, um, to prep for tour and, and, and everything else too. You know, she's, she's been so great to work with. And I've, I've, I'm a dancer now. I, I, I feel like I can confidently say that with the amount of work that I put into it. And, and the way that I'm moving on stage now is different. It just feels good. I, I did it in the middle of the pandemic because, you know, I've been writing a lot and, and, and making a lot of music, but I hadn't been performing and I missed that so much. So when we started to prep for the, for the video and I started to get into my body in that way, it just, Oh my God, it felt, I cried at the end of our first session. I was like, I, I, I'm sorry. I, I'm like, I'm losing it a little bit here just because I just feel so good to, to, I forgot that this is part of who I am and what I, what I'd love to do um, is perform and use my, my body to make weird fucking shapes and shit, you know, and, and emote that way. Mm. Uh, so that's been really fun. And, and, uh, and it taps into a different side of my creativity. It, it's good for me to, to switch it up, you know, because then it'll inform my music or it'll inform, you know, uh, if I'm acting in something, it'll, it'll inform that. Or if I'm scoring something, it'll inform that. Um, so it's, it's, it's important for me as an artist to, to uh, get outside my comfort zone and switch it up and, as much as I possibly can. Yeah, Plus absolutely. Oh, and that's the best thing. Like if you enjoy it at the same time, like, and it's, everything's yeah. just balanced so perfectly. Like that's all oh my God. Living the dream. Yeah. Let's not lie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I'm li- really living the dream. I'm so I lucky. That. Stick around after the break as Sam chats, finally being able to get back on stage, early memories of gigs gone somewhat wrong. And in honor of the beautiful liar podcast, superhero leanings, some of the superheroes in Sam's life, that and more coming up. <laughs> Love music? Press Play. A new release podcast from Euphony. Each week, Press Play rounds up the best in new music landing in stores and streaming services. Catch all the latest album, EP, and single news, as well as a roundup of reissues, anniversary, and vinyl releases. Host Tiana Speeder is joined by a panel of knowledgeable music experts alongside artists discussing their new releases. Visit euphony.com.au or listen to Press Play on your favorite podcast platform. I like that you did mention the whole live thing because obviously, like aside from launching this amazing podcast, you have been able to get back on stage. X Ambassadors have been on the road playing in front of crowds again. Like I've seen some incredible pictures floating around, just the smiles in the crowd. Tell me that first show you played for the first time since the pandemic started. What was it like to walk on stage? Just so great. I mean, we had done a couple shows prior to the start of this tour that were private gigs or we did one private gig and a festival show. And and those are always fine, you know, but they're not the same as playing for your crowd of people. So that first show, I mean, yeah, it just felt so good. And, you know, I, I the biggest thing for me is that I love being in a band so much. It's the most it's the most unique thing in the world to be on stage, the group of guys that I'm, I've been playing with for the last, you know, decade plus who are family or my best friends. And, you know, uh, it's just fun. I feel like a kid. I feel like a kid again when I, when I'm on stage with them and, um, and especially, you know, now after having been away forced apart for so long, it's just, uh, you know, it's the best feeling in the world. 
Yeah. It's the best feeling in the world. Well, and plus now you're armed with all these extra snazzy dance moves. So everyone's Oh my God. Yeah, everyone is. I am I am breaking them all out. Hell yes. I love it. And I guess given that you guys have been a band together now, and obviously like there'd be so many other musical shenanigans prior to the band even coming together. Like it's a lifetime of work building up to this band. There's no, I always say it, there's no overnight secret that suddenly makes this happen. But can you take me back to the first time X Ambassadors ever played a live show together? Do you remember where it was and it did anything oh, notable happen? Yeah. I, I mean, I remember this show that we played. I think the first show that we did in New York together was at the old knitting factory. And it was for, it was like a CMJ show. I don't know how we got on this bill as one of our first gigs, but it went horribly. My brother got so frustrated with his keyboards that he literally like kicked them over and they flew into the audience. And, uh, and it wasn't like cool. It wasn't like people were, weren't like, fuck yeah, like break your shit. It was like, Oh, he's mad, <laughs> you know? And, and, uh, uh, it was just, a, it was, it was always such a struggle. Those early, those early shows, you know, cause you could never hear yourself. It was always, uh, it was always a struggle on stage and, and you're, you're performing your heart out to try and win people over. Nobody knows who you are. Nobody cares. Um, you know, and then on top of that, you have, you have a member of the band who's blind. So, you know, like we're trying to help Casey navigate through these dark crowded rooms with his, he's like carrying his giant keyboard in one hand and an amp in the other. And like, you know, uh, we're like, excuse me, 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 excuse me. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it was, it was, it was like, uh, every show felt like going to war, you know, it really did, but we were young and, and hungry and, and, you know, it, when it felt good, it felt fucking great. Um, and we wanted it more than anything. Um, but yeah, that first show, man, I remember I, it was either there or at this place called Goodbye Bloom Mondays in, in Bushwick, which was a bar that was right below our practice space. And I think that was like a, a benefit gig for a, a, a play that I was in. We passed a hat around. And uh, it, was like, it was like me and the band and then some of my castmates and that was pretty much it. <laughs> so we were all just like paying ourselves. Yep. <laughs> oh, but look, and I mean, that's the thing is there's always all those moments that culminate and you learn each time. I feel like it's a, such a steep learning curve in those moments, but they're always worthwhile and they fast track you. And I mean, thank goodness for all of us that you did persevere with it. So I'm, I'm secretly not, you know, I know the frustration wouldn't have been like something you enjoyed at the time, but it makes everyone a bit sharper as you go and God, look at you now. Yeah. yeah Incredible. I mean, it's built, a, it's built a lot of, a lot of character uh, mm. as, yep. my, as my parents would say. Oh, uh, might always say that. And I'm like, I think I've got enough character now, but apparently not every day. I'm like, no, apparently, <laughs> apparently not. <laughs> yeah. 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 I know. Right. <laughs> well, to start to close us out today, because I know you're a very busy man doing a million and one things, but I'm going to ask you a question that I did ask Emily when we chatted about the Beautiful Liar podcast too. Given yeah. that the podcast and the album as well essentially cover a superhero origin story, who is a fictional superhero you most admire and who is a real life superhero in your life? Oh, man. I mean, I was a big I was a big X-Men fan growing up. I, I think... Uh, um, it's funny. I, I feel like in retrospect, Cyclops was always my favorite one. He was like kind of the leader of the group and like always gets like shit on a little bit by everybody because he's like a goody two shoes, but he's like, really, he's like been through, you know, he's, he has a lot of pain and it's, and, and puts it all aside for the greater good. 
good, you know, I, that's someone I relate to. And, uh, you know, a hero in, in my life, uh, my mentor growing up um, was a man named Todd Peterson, who was a teacher uh, at my elementary school. And he also was a he had been a dancer uh, for on Broadway for for many years and and uh, um, then moved back to, to upstate New York with his family and started teaching at the school, went on to be a. Uh, um, Choreography. He was a, he, he he did all the choreography for every musical I was in in middle school and high school, and he ran a day camp that I worked at, and just like kind of an omnipresent figure in my life growing up. He was the first person who ever convinced me to sing in public when I was in fifth grade, you know. Um, and he passed away recently, and and uh, it's been so amazing to see the community come you know together around him and and i miss him a lot but yeah he was a he was a big hero of mine well i feel like you're carrying that legacy on with much gusto so i think it's a yeah a beautiful linkage to that yeah, yeah you're su- you're succeeding let me tell you, <laughs> <Thank> you. <laughs> well my last question is a little bit naff i have to admit but given i have got you on a podcast called the green room today and because you're yeah. technically on the road and playing playing gigs and doing all of the things that a musician is supposed to do and is able to do now. What's one essential item that you guys like to have backstage with you in your own green room when you're on the road? Okay. I have to, uh, like, like an item that is provided for us or like one that I bring with me. It can, you can choose if it it can be one you bring with you. Otherwise, if it's one you absolutely demand. (laughs) (laughs) Um, you know, I bring this, uh, 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 steam inhaler with me everywhere I go. It's it, it, it's like cost 40 bucks. I bought it at CVS. Vix makes it. Uh, and it's just uh, like a mask thing that boils water and I breathe in steam water. Uh, and it is the best thing for my voice. And I have to do it. I do it every night before every show. I have a whole like warm up routine thing that I do. But like if I don't do that, that's, that's a tangible difference. You know, uh, what, what, I didn't realize until recently when I, I started going to see a laryngologist is that your vocal cords, drinking liquids and, and stuff, that's not going to affect your vocal cords. I mean, it'll affect your body by hydrating you, but um, it's not actually the, the liquid never touches your cords because you're, you're, you know, you're the thing closes. I don't know what it's called, um, but that's Nothing, when you like, so, so you're not choking on, <laughs> on, on whatever you're drinking. Um, but steam and vapor and, uh, and smoke too, you know, those are the things that actually touch your, your cords. So, uh, um, I try not to smoke, uh, as much as I, I possibly can hold off on doing that. And, uh, um, and I try to steam every, every show. Nice. Very wholesome and great tips too. I'm actually learning a lot. I'm writing down secretly because sometimes I lose my voice because I talk too much, which is maybe good for everyone else when I lose my voice. (laughs) No, 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 no. We love hearing your beautiful beautiful (laughs) accent. Oh, you're too kind. Well, I know you are going to continue to do so many amazing things, not just, you know, in the musical sense, like there's so much going on with you guys. And obviously X ambassadors are just going to continue kicking so much ass with everything you're doing. But the Beautiful Live podcast is also another string to your amazing bow and it is out now exclusively on Amazon Music and it will be coming to all podcast streaming services next week on 17th November, American time. And new yes. episodes each week, which is very exciting. 
Thank you. Thank uh, you thank for getting you. all those those points for me because I totally would have messed the dates up. <laughs> well, I, I was like reading it and I'm like, did I get it right? But I've written down if I have to, we'll just oh, read yeah, yeah, it. It's yeah, fine. Yeah. <laughs> but thank you so much for spending some time with us, Sam. And hopefully one day, not so far away, but we can get you back here in Australia as well. Oh yeah. I would love that more than anything. I miss the coffee. I miss yes. the coffee. Oh, it's the best coffee in the world. Uh, I didn't realize till I left. And I'm like, okay, it's actually good. <laughs> no, it's the best coffee in the world. Well, Dara, we'll keep some, we'll keep some aside for you. Yes, please do. Awesome. Thank you so much, Sam. Good luck You're with so, everything. You're so welcome. Thank you. Well, if you are a fan of superheroes, origin stories, or just great storytelling in general, definitely catch the new podcast, The Beautiful Liar. Listeners can grab an early listen right now on Amazon Music. And as I mentioned with Sam just at the end of the chat, the series is officially releasing on all your usual podcast streaming platforms from next Wednesday, American time. And be sure to catch new episodes of The Beautiful Liar Weekly to watch this amazing story unfold. For more info, you can head to our show notes. If you want to grab a listen to Emily Hampshire's chat about the same new podcast Sam and I just discussed today, or maybe just catch up on episodes of The Green Room that you may have missed, I'm talking Tom Morello, Frank Carter, Duran Duran, a bunch of others who have recently joined me. I've been spoiled rotten lately. But you can head on over to euphony.com.au to check out any episodes you may have missed. And you can also discover some of the other Euphony podcasts there that may float your boat. Episodes of The Green Room are also available to watch on YouTube or find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you usually go for your podcasts. While you're lurking around looking at episodes and new possible shows, a cheeky follow, subscribe on your favourite platform, or the much-beloved review on Apple Podcasts really helps us keep doing what we're doing. And it's always nice to hear from you all. So please share The Green Room love and help me convince my friends I have a real job. That's it from The Green Room today. Thanks so much for joining me. Catch you next time. Speeder is a euphony podcast created by Craig Trewick, produced by Tiana Speeder and Andrew Mast, hosted by Tiana Speeder, recorded, edited, and engineered by Zig Parker. Music by Zig Parker. <laughs>